0: Before we kick this show off, let's hear a word from our sponsors. So it's been a full season for the Under Pressure Outdoors crew in the Hasmore Outdoor Products Silent Seat. And let me tell you, they're worth every penny. And here are some reasons why. Number one, you can't beat the comfort level. Number two, they don't hold in moisture like rain or sweat. Number three, they completely fold out of the way when you stand up, giving you a full range of motion in your climber. And number four, they cut down on your setup and breakdown times dramatically. Don't just take our award for it. Use offer code UPO15 and get 15% off your silent seat and many other US made accessories for your climber today. You can find Hasmore Outdoor Products on Facebook and Hasmore.net. That's H A Z M O R E.net and in the link in this podcast description. I'm your host, Will Krebs, and this is the Pressure Outdoors Podcast.
1: What do you so, got that'll hold Monopoly houses in a 20-gauge shell? To a tight We pattern. can do that. <laughs> <laughs> Monopoly um, pieces, not the houses. Those just printed it,
0: print it on the outside, where it's the you know extended passive barrel. that says, "Do not pass go." Yeah. <laughs> That's, right. <laughs> That's right. Home defense load. <laughs> oh man. Well, Jordan,
2: do we have any new reviews this week before we get any further into this thing? You know what? I have not even checked. Let me get. I have to find it first. Go somewhere else while I'm doing this. Well,
1: you're looking for that. You know, on my home defense rounds that I, I I manufactured, that you know that I actually then managed to package into a bunch of dove shot, and I'm pretty sure I killed a dove with it because it was nothing but... <laughs> <laughs> but I was actually advised by an attorney friend of mine that might not be a good idea because, you know, if the police walk up and you've got an assailant laying in your living room who's been, you know, got a scotty dog sticking out of his forehead that they might they might then look at that as something where it was premeditated. And I'm like, it was like, like I thought <laughs> yeah, a lot man. about this. Like if you break it in my home, there is some premeditation there. Yeah. Uh, so I like, said, you, you, you're, it's going to sting a lot if it doesn't kill you. Right. It's
0: like- man. I tell you the dogs, I guess started barking at some point last night and Amanda, I woke up because I heard a noise, but when I woke up, I didn't, they weren't barking anymore. So she gets up out of bed and goes into the living room. And I thought maybe one of the kids was making a racket. So I go back to sl- or lay back down. She comes back in there. I said, what the heck was going on? So all the dogs were barking. I was like, at what? She's like, I don't know. I just let them outside. I was like, you don't know what they're barking at? You just open up the front door, set them loose. What
3: lose? if it was a bear?
0: That's what that did. And that's what or went through my mind. And I didn't voice that. And I was like, so the rest of the night, I'm having a dream about having to gun down a bear with a nine millimeter in the front yard. because My dog's <laughs> in a fight with it. I mean, my dogs are a bunch of blisses anyway, they probably run back in the house, but still, yeah. And I said that to her, and she's like, There's no, you're not gonna get bears in her front. I was like, You don't realize you drive across the other side of 44 and going in the neighborhoods, there's bear crossing signs over there on Bates Avenue, sure, yeah. I so think they're here.
3: Well, I don't know what Liberty would do, but I think Annie's just brave enough, she might try to bay it up. She's got a little <laughs> bit of that in there, she wouldn't find it. <laughs> Annie, brave.
0: She go ahead. She's just. I mean, I've seen that dog shake like a chihuahua. Son,
3: I didn't say she wouldn't be scared, but she she might still try to bay it.
2: No new reviews, Jordan. No new reviews. But if you'll, if uh, if y'all that are listening, go give us one. We'll we'll continue to read them out. i would try to remember to keep checking. It took me a minute trying to remember how to find it. <laughs>
0: Well, you get into the habit. We'll keep trying to remember to read them. Excuse me. But um,
1: back to shotgun jokes.
0: Well, before we get any further than that, the one thing, you know, we didn't do last week. What what you know? do? Introduce anybody. <laughs> <laughs> and I realized that like an hour and 30 minutes into the show. And I was like, well, it's just the four of us. It's too late now anyway. Yeah. But <clears throat> I'm your host, Will Krebs. And I got Brian here with me tonight. How y'all doing? I got Jordan. I'm here. Let's get it. I got Jim. Yes, sir. And we've got Jimmy Muller of Muller Choke. Is it Muller? Yes, it is. Jimmy Muller, Muller chokes, and we're talking shotgun chokes. A little bit of wing shooting, evidently some home defense.
1: I'm so looking forward to this. I love chakons. <laughs> <right. laughs> Everything do, to do with shotguns.
0: I do too. And it's you get that you're really getting that itchy trigger finger this time of year. What? So by the time you hear this, though, like let me look at my calendar real quick, because this is this will come out on. Let's see here. This would come out on the twenty fourth, so it's deer season. No, almost deer season. The Monday before deer season opens in Florida,
3: you'll be looking at uh,
0: zone A. bow season not, opens, in yeah, the, on the end of July,
3: but not quite a month out from Moorhead since we're talking shotguns.
0: Yeah, but you get that. You get that real itchy trigger finger this time? Real here.
3: close to dove season,
0: but. So Jamie, tell us a little bit about, uh, chokes. Jimmy, Jimmy, sorry. Tell us a little <laughs> bit about Mueller chokes.
4: I've been called worse, man. So, <laughs> so basically back in, back in 93, I just wanted to, uh, I wanted to become a better wing shooter. So I got into sporting clays and, uh, make a very long story short. I bought, uh, bought a couple of modified chokes from the top choke manufacturer in the world. And, um, after pattern testing them, one pattern like a skeet, one pattern like a full. So being an aerospace defense manufacturer, I imagine they electro-etched it wrong and misidentified the chokes. So I brought them in the machine shop the next day. Miking them, I figured one would be about 5,000s constriction, one would be at least 30, based on the way they pattern. And to my surprise, they were both 20,000s for my bore, which is theoretically modified. And uh, really blew my mind. Because no matter what ammo I shot them through, which barrel I shot them through, they both patterned skeet and fall. So that led me on this huge endeavor trying to figure out why why that was. And what that led into was a two and a half year venture realizing that almost every choke on the market did not shoot the way they were marked. Um, They didn't even shoot the way that they measured and if you changed ammo, velocity, pellet size, pellet material, and then you change guns with different bore diameters in the barrel, all of those variables change the pattern. So then I realized very quickly that a choke is not a choke and thousands of an inch constriction are grossly secondary to the geometry in the choke for the particular gun it's in. So like what I mean by that is you could take a modified choke from any choke tube manufacturer, put it in 10 different guns and they will all pattern different. And the reason for that is because the geometry and the choke is different for every single gun and every gun with no choke in it at all patterns entirely different, just shooting off the board. So one problem that choke manufacturers have created is that Every company basically makes their own chokes the same for every single gun. And that doesn't work. And the reason it doesn't work is if you take a Benelli or a mobile chokeretta that's got a 719 to a 720 bore, and you take the choke out of it and you shoot at paper at 30 yards, it's going to look like you got a modified choke in the gun. If you take a Browning or a Winchester with an Invector Plus choke that's got a 745 bore in it, and you do the same procedure, it's going to cover a six-foot sheet of paper. So you can't put the same choke in both guns and tell me it's the same thing. It's impossible. And nobody's ever taught us that. Nobody's ever talked about it, and we've never known about it. So I've fixed all that.
1: Can you go back a little bit and explain the difference between, I think you referred to it as a 740 bore and... Seven nineteen, seven twenty 720 to 719 bore. Can you yeah,
4: explain what so, that means? Yep. So basically you've got a shotgun barrel. It's a pipe, right? Inside the pipe, it's got an ID, an inside diameter dimension. And some guns measure as small as 719 and a 12-gauge. Some measure as big as a 777 10-gauge 7, 7, bore, like a Mossberg 835 or 935 Ultimag, right? So if we just take standard 12 gauge bore diameter barrels that are out there that were, that are common 12 gauge, they go from a 719 all the way up to 745. So for round numbers, for simple math, we'll call it 720 and 745. If we do that, subtract them, it's 25 thousandths of an inch different before you even put a choke tube in them. So you can't put ten thousand choke in both guns and tell me it's an improved cylinder. It's not real. It's a lie. It doesn't. It's not factual. So that's that's the problem with choke tubes, and it always has been a problem with choke tubes. Never mind the geometries, materials, lengths, porting, non-porting, wad strippers, this, that, the other thing. It's it's huge, and what it really boils down to is we are all missing birds and targets because of it.
0: So because what you're, they're
4: not, yeah, they're not giving us what we think they are.
0: You're telling me that I can actually blame missing on the gun. Yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> all I needed to know. <laughs> thank you. Sorry, all right. Well, we, 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 we can wrap it up right there. guys. <laughs> yeah, right right the mystery yeah. of the whole thing. It really isn't you. It, it could actually be your shotgun.
1: So if you, if you have a Beretta or, or a Benelli or, or, I don't care what the manufacturers and you're using their factory chokes. Have they no. addressed this, or are you just saying now they're just kind of just, they're just putting they're measuring the wrong thing, or, or is it is this no. is this pretty universal across all chokes are not spec'd as accurately as they need to be per shotgun.
4: Yeah. So when we talk about factory chokes, that's the biggest culprit. So, so factory chokes, you can, um, you can be very lucky and get one that patterns very well. Um, but I would say 80% of times a factory choke is not going to perform as well as some of the aftermarket chokes. And at the same time, that's vice versa. There's a lot of aftermarket chokes that, do not perform nearly as well as some of the factory chokes because they have very poor geometry, not only inside the choke, but also for the gun it's in. So it's really a huge, um, science and physics thing. And it's something that nobody's ever really touched on.
0: That's really interesting because I, I have a pump 12 gauge and my pump and my semi-automatic both take the same choke and, with the choke in the semi-automatic, I feel like I just damn near can't miss with that gun. Yep. Take that choke and put it in the pump shotgun, totally different ball game and I Yep. They obviously both shoulder a little different one versus the other, but I've never patterned the pump gun either. But I have patterned the semi-automatic and I mainly hunt with the semi-automatic. But
4: Yeah, so, you know, over the years I've instructed thousands of people from all different levels of shooting I've stood behind a lot of people and, you know, the whole, to this day, many people will say, Oh, it's the Indian. It's not the arrow. And, you know, if you put the gun in the right, if you put the muzzle in the right spot, the target will break and bird will die. And, you know, I just sit there and listen to that and laugh. And I'm like, you know, if you're talking about inside 25 yards, I would say that's sort of true because inside 25 yards, it really doesn't matter what ammo or what choke you're using. The target's gonna break, the bird's gonna die, All right. But when you start going beyond 25 yards and beyond 30 and before beyond 40, and never mind talking about beyond 50, which we could talk about, it's a whole nother world, right? So I've taken chokes out of guns and shot threads with lead number eights and crushed targets at 30 yards, right? With no choke at all. So Inside certain distances, it's not very particular. But what is particular inside close distances is a lot of hunters, especially, have gotten into a really bad habit based on marketing, based on listening to their buddies that don't know better, based on even listening to their mentors or the coaches that don't know what they're talking about. They're shooting much tighter chokes than they should be. They're shooting much larger shots than they should be, lighter payloads, and way too fast a velocity. And those are all very bad things. They're they're detrimental to our success.
2: So uh, I've actually, I think it was me and William talked about it one time where <clears throat> you you mentioned velocity in a shot, and you think that if you take like the shot, supposed to have this super high velocity, and if you say I don't know. I, I'm just if if you take that wad and you shoot it at a lower velocity, it stays together better rather than if you shoot it really fast. Just the sheer force of the air and everything spreads it out further.
0: A hundred percent.
2: So a higher velocity ammo is not always a better thing.
0: Well, that's also why, like, uh,
2: shot size
0: uniformity. Yeah, and when you're talking like quality of ammunition versus. That's why you see, uh, a lot of times, more expensive shot shells will pattern better than uh, the cheap, like the the, than the bird shot you buy. The hundred rounds for used to be twenty bucks. I'm not sure what it is now. Who knows? But because you have a, you should have better quality control in shot size and shape. Yeah, which gives more uniform uh, aerodynamics. Which. Like, a, as with everything, with rifle, with archery, consistency creates accuracy.
2: But there's something in, and, and it's got to be something that's come from social media uh, within society that said, the faster the better, right? Because it, you got, uh, it comes not only with rifles, but they do it with arrows and they do it with uh, shotguns. I mean, everything when it comes to hunting, they're like, faster I, the better.
1: I think that's partly physics when you're talking about energy at impact when you're adding the the weight of your projectile and the speed both of those components lead up to more a simple calculation is it gives you more energy at impact but then there's even some other funkier things about how that energy is actually distributed when it hits a target yeah that gets way it's always interesting but i can't i can't follow it even when somebody that's really knowledgeable and tries to break it down.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, when it, the only thing I can compare it to when it comes to shotgun shells is like trying to buy sunscreen and they tell you that you're going to buy 100 FPS sunscreen only to get people to buy it because they think they're not going to get sunburned. So when you put that your shotgun shell is 5,500 FPS, people are like, oh, that's fast. I have to buy it.
1: Well, kind of going back to what I think the main crux of this is, if I'm not mistaken, the first component is it doesn't matter how fast or how badass your shot shell's traveling if the pellets aren't connecting on bird tissue. It's all a waste of time, right? right so, exactly. And then second, how many you're hitting, and then thirdly, I guess, would be you get into the the kinetic energy and, and the, dis, the dissipation of that energy in the animal. Yeah, am so am I, I correct in that, or am I missing something I could, completely?
4: Yeah, I could explain everything that you guys just mentioned. So, so when it comes to, you know, rifle, archery, stuff like that, slugs, higher velocity is fine because you've got a heavy slug traveling through the air at extreme distances, right? So flatter trajectory, more foot pounds of energy transferred to the animal, blah, 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 right? Based on the grain bullet, bow tail, A frame, whatever, right? But when you're talking shotgun, when you're shooting a bunch of little BBs, like a swarm of bees coming out, Velocity is not your friend for a lot of reasons. So basically, if it starts out, fa- the faster it slows out, the faster it slows down, right? Newton's third law. And the other thing is the faster it spreads out. So what happens is when you're shooting the velocity, which in my opinion is over 1,300 feet per second in a shotgun, and I'll, I'll go back and touch base on that. But what happens is you get a lot of recoil. You get a lot of muzzle rise. You get a lot of equilibrium being knocked around, right, for a follow-up second shot, which takes longer than we think it does. And what happens is when the shot leaves the barrel and hits the air, it's like slapping your hand on a pool, you know, on on water, versus sliding your hand under the water. It it hits the air. It slows down immediately, spreads out abruptly, and – Basically, like I said, if you're shooting that stuff inside 25 yards, it's fine. It's okay, and that's why a lot of hunters will swear by, "Oh my God, 1500 feet per second, 1700 feet per second, I kill everything." Well, these are the same guys that are shooting geese and ducks at 15 yards in a cornfield, you know, and it doesn't matter because what it is is they have like no lead, right? They just point at the bird and kill it, but. If you were to shoot that same bird at 40 or 50 yards with that same velocity, you would be blessed to hit it with one pellet or more at that distance, regardless of choke, regardless of shot size, regardless of quality of shot. Um, it just literally is next to impossible. It's also the reason that over the years, duck hunters especially have gone to larger shots, with more velocity with tighter chokes because they think that that's what works because when they switch to a bb or a triple b and they start to knock down a snow goose they think it's because they're getting better patterns or the velocity is better all it is is because if you hit a bird with one pellet like a wing or something you knock it down it's the only reason that they're seeing bigger bigger knockdown right What you want to do is you want to slow down your velocity, increase your payload, because pellets are what kill birds, not air. So the more pellets you have, the more chance you have of knocking a bird down and hitting a vital. With the slower velocity, you're going to hit them with more pellets, and then we could talk about pellet material, pellet quality, and choke. All right? So velocity is critically important when it comes to shotgun. And in my opinion, it's going to be under 1,300 feet per second. Sadly, a lot of steel shot, the slowest you can get is 1,300. And even in bismuth, you know, 1,350 is about the slowest you can find. And then when you get into lead shot turkey loads and tungsten, you know, there's some slower loads out there that are very good. But it's very difficult.
1: So if you know a fella with a reloading press.
4: Yep.
1: And you were loading primarily we'll start with ducks. And let's say the gentleman happens to shoot likes to shoot three inch shells out of a Benelli. Yep. What would you load? <laughs> <laughs> um and either steel or bismuth. Yeah.
4: Yeah. For puddle ducks for steel shot. For puddle ducks inside 45 yards, three inch ounce and three at 1250 to 1300, steel fours. You'll paper force. bag a duck okay. with my, ch- yeah, you'll paper bag a mallard with my chokes like you shot him with lead at 45 yards. You know, people hmm. tell you you can't kill ducks with steel or you can't kill ducks with steel fours past, you know, whatever. And uh, I've got shot cam videos after shot cam videos, hundreds of them showing. Sea ducks at forty-five, fifty yards, stone dead with steel fours and steel threes, with explosive patterns on the water. And it's not only because of my chokes and the geometry of my chokes; it's because of the velocity and the payload.
1: Interesting. All right. I said we were doing all right, shooting number five, <clears throat> five and yeah. six bismuth Dude. and knocking them down. Yeah, yeah. fours. Man. I was excited
2: <laughs> when he mentioned velocity because I have tried to tell so many people, like, "Hey, when you're throwing a a." bunch of bb's like that you don't want it to go super fast
3: well especially with a material like steel it's lighter Mm -hmm. it's gonna the faster you throw it the faster it's gonna spread out
2: yeah i really like that he that you've compared it to to slapping water yeah that really makes sense
1: so there's a i don't want to blast few minutes there's a very let's just say it's an ammunition that when ammo gets tight you can still find this particular brand at almost any big box store. And, uh, yep. universally among hunters, hundred, was like, ah, and I'm t- you, know, and I, I didn't think that much of it, but we were hunting cranes in Texas. and These are BBs and these things are on the ground. They're at some distance, but I mean, it's a, it's a bullseye shot, right? I mean, it's, this isn't, there's no lead. You got plenty of time. And to kill these damn birds with that particular ammunition, I'm having to hit them three times. Blam, blam. you know, just, just unload yep. everything and knock down one bird. Whereas yep. with a different brand of ammunition that's maybe not as common, it's much more expensive, made a different composite too. I mean, you shoot them, they just, they fall. There was no, you just, if, if you've got a good shot, they die. There's no question. Yeah. And and I was really, really surprised at the difference, especially when I'm shooting both kinds of ammunition on the same hunt in the same manner. It, it wasn't an imagination or like you said, is it the Indian of the, the arrow. So that's, I'm, I am am genuinely believer in what you're saying.
4: Yeah.
0: Yep. They're
4: Put more pellets on the target.
0: There are ammunition manufacturers out there um, that are fairly popular and they do not have quality control because they mass produce so much so that they can make it less expensive. And to the point that uh, handguns are, you're having squib rounds and handguns where the bullet is not fully leaving the barrel. Inconsistency and accuracy. Uh, subsonic rounds that aren't actually loaded to be subsonic speeds. Um, and now this is t- two different brands and you, you buy them at Walmart. Yeah. 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 Uh, and I'd, would advise, and if I see people in per, and I can tell you, usually when you're like, you got, do you have any of this? And they're like, well, the only thing we have is it's gonna be, it's it's gonna one be, of those two. It's gonna be Winchester White Box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> well, I, uh, you know, I, when it comes to
4: shotgun, I you know I do reload my own, but I also have shot every every ammo on the market through every choke through every gun. <laughs> At distances from 10 yards out to 110. And, um, you know, what I've learned over the years is the first thing I do with a new ammo when it comes out, because I've done it with every ammo on the market is cut them open. Look at the shell, you know, look at the, the shot, the wad, the powder, the primer, the hull, the crimp, the consistency of it, shoot it through a good chronograph. Um, you know, and just really see what, what you're getting. And the reason I started doing that is because, like you just mentioned, there were some very well-known brands of ammo that people swear by that I have cut open so many times. And it's slag, it's dumbbells, it's square, it's teardrops, it's, you know, it, it, it's size, size uh, six shot on the box and you've got anything from like number nine to number four mixed in there. And it's just really sad. One of uh, one of the big hunting brands um, that we all hear about, they charge a huge amount of money for their heavy alloy shot. And on the box, it'll say like ounce and three-eighths a shot. And you cut it open and you dump it out and it's got a bunch of flaxseed in it. And you weigh the shot and the shot's an ounce and a quarter. And they've got an eighth of an ounce of flaxseed. And when you call them up and ask them why they do it, they tell you so they get a consistent crimp. Well, how about you just put an ounce and three-eighths of shot in to get a consistent crimp? You don't need <laughs> flaxseed. So the reason they're doing it is because out of every box of shelves, they're saving like $10 worth of of this alloy pellet. And if you do the math on tens of thousands of rounds, it's pretty easy to see why they do it.
1: That's my and, go-to brand. You're talking about there when I'm out when I'm out west.
4: <laughs> yeah, and it, it, it's it's unfortunate because it's at our expense, you know.
1: Yeah, because it's already twenty bucks a box.
4: Exactly. Yeah. It, well, I'm talking like forty-five a box. Yeah, actually,
1: stuff. you're right. Yeah.
4: And uh, you know, and it's it's across the board on all of their products. And their velocities are all over the place. Their patterns vary 75% shot-to-shot deviation. And uh, people think it's great. It's just because their buddies tell them it's great or they shoot ducks inside 20 yards and they think it's great. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why they think it's great. The fact is it's not.
1: That's funny. That's the brand that I said worked really well in comparison to – the other brand that I said With, we had to. So, hit it. so I mean, that when, when as you bad when you're referring
0: when you're referring to the other brand, you're you're correct me wrong. You're referring to Winchester Super X, yeah, Super X, Winchester as well as Remington. When I talk about um, inconsistency and subsonic loads and stuff like that, both of those brands manufacture good ammunition, but they also manufacture super cheap ammunition, same as Hornady does. So, you can buy steel case Hornady, but Hornady still, still loads match rounds in steel case. You can buy steel case steel cased match uh, 223 from Hornady, and it's cheaper than brass case match 223. But they also load super cheap Hornady uh, American, like 55 grain. That is their um, inexpensive line. And I don't know the consistency on that. I've never tested it, but it you can guarantee that one of the places that it loses or the one, the one, the way they make one of the ways they make it cheaper is it doesn't see as much quality control. It probably sees quality control more for safety than it does for accuracy. Whereas if you're going to go buy Hornady match or, uh, some of the other Winchester brands uh, or Remington brands, uh, that are designed for accuracy or distance or things like that, they're going to see quality control for accuracy as well as safety versus they say, well, I mean, you bought the cheap stuff, so you're going to make sure they, they want to make sure it's not going to blow up in your face. Yeah. But they really don't care much beyond that because you can't sue them because that's where the liability ends.
1: Well, let's, let's go back to the chokes because we keep talking about the different ammos, um, which I I would like to come back to that, but let's go back to the chokes and and talk about why, or you already kind of got into it. The different,
5: uh diam-
1: yeah, the geometries. So, okay, you f- you found the problem. How, yeah, so, how did you get to the solution?
4: So there, there's a lot of it. So, so basically, as I had mentioned, thousandths of an inch constriction is grossly secondary to geometry inside the choke for the particular gun it's in, and every single choke manufacturer out there, except for myself, um, goes by thousands of an inch constriction. And, you know, basically, if you look at definition of choke or definition of pattern, you know, patterning is defined as 40 yards inside a 30 inch circle, full choke to 70 percent of your pellets, uh, modified to 60 percent, improved cylinders, 50 percent and so on, which is total bogus. I mean, it, it, it's laughable. It's so stupid, but it's what and how it's been defined since back in the 40s. Right. And it's still what we use today because we don't, you know, uh, obsolete computers, pretty obvious to us these days, but obsolete shocking information, we accept it because we think it's still the same. and It's not. So, you know, what I mean by grossly secondary is I could take any one of your chokes that measure a full choke, let's say 30 thousandths of an inch from your bore, and let's take some chokes that actually pattern, like a full choke pattern, like 70% of your pellets in a 30-inch circle at 40 yards, I could take it into my shop and change the taper length and make it shoot like a ski pattern without ever changing your exit diameter. And Mm. this is the exact point I'm trying to make. Choke companies out there don't care about geometry being specific for each gun it's in. They only care about putting a taper in it, putting a parallel section in it, The parallel section where the exit diameter is is going to be 10 for improved cylinder 15 for light mod 20 for mod you know and so on you know like jebs they do stuff like 650 660 670 690 whatever and basically what they do is tell you what the exit diameter is and you know what's tighter than what's open right and then you make your assumption or you do your pattern testing and see what you get for what you want. That's a more accurate way than it is to say you have a skeet or improved cylinder, or modified or full or extra full in your gun, because I assure you, you don't. And that's what nobody's talked about, nobody's taught us, and nobody's really touched base on.
3: It. So, <clears throat> what you're saying is, it don't almost, it, if you're buying, Or using a factory choke, it almost doesn't matter which one you get, they're all pretty much the same.
4: No, so so they all they all measure different and they're all different. But the thing is As
3: far as patterning goes.
4: As far as patterning goes, they all pattern different. But the problem is your modified may pattern more open than your ski. Your ski choke may be tighter than your full. Your full choke may be way more open than your modified. And this is what you need to to find out on your own by pattern testing. And with Muller chokes, I've done all that work for you. So when you put one of my chokes in your gun, regardless of what gun or what ammo you're using, you know what you're getting without having to test it, which is why I give the warranty I do.
2: So for the novice that's, right, I'm I'm just now getting into duck hunting, um, and I'm just looking into chokes and stuff. you know when you say that uh your modified is gonna pattern tighter than your skeet can you explain from you know uh your widest to your your tightest chokes i mean what are we looking at in the variety of chokes
4: so are you talking about mine or all chokes in general
1: chokes in general chokes in general yeah
4: so so choke tubes out there some companies have like 25 different constrictions which I have trouble saying that without laughing Um, because, first of all, pretty much none of them pattern the way they're marked. Um, But they've got basically what we'll start at the biggest pattern, right? We've got what's called negative chokes, which is basically stealing your money because negative chokes are bigger than your bore diameter, which means (laughs) your column and your wad never touches it. The moment that your shot leaves the bore it either gets constricted by a choke, or if the choke doesn't have constriction, it leaves your bore and that's the last thing it touches. So you're not doing anything for the shock column. So any negative choke or cylinder choke on the market is doing nothing except taking your money, okay? It doesn't matter if it's a 1,000th of an inch bigger than your bore, or 10 inches like a sewer drain pipe, the shock column doesn't know the difference. So negative 10, negative 5, negative whatever is nothing. It's the same thing as a cylinder choke. Cylinder chokes, if you measure every single one on the market, they're about five thousand bigger than your bore, which means it is also a 5 negative, right? So it shouldn't be called negative. It should be called positive because it's bigger than your bore, which shows you choke companies don't know what they're doing. So five thousandths negative would be tighter than your bore, not bigger than your bore. So it's not really negative. That's a confusing term. Okay. So cylinder choke is supposed to be the same exact diameter as your bore diameter. They never are. Okay. So cylinder choke does nothing. The only choke that starts to do anything for you, if it's machined right, is a skeet choke. A skeet choke is five thousandths tighter than your bore diameter in your gun. So it actually contacts the shot column by five thousandths or close to that. So it does something. And that's supposedly for targets that are out to about 25, 27 yards, like on an American skeet field. Next is going to be an improved cylinder, which is 10 thousandths. Then a skeet two, which is going to be about 12 thousandths, which is in between a skeet and an IC. Um, I'm sorry, it's going to be between an improved cylinder and a light modified. And a lot of people get confused by ski too. They think that it's a ski choke. It's not. It's quite tight actually between an IC and a light mod. Then you've got light mod, which is 15 thousandths constriction. Modified is 20. Improved modified is 25. Light full is 27. Um, full choke is 30 extra full is 35 double extra full is 40 triple extra full is 45 you get the drift and then you get into your turkey constrictions which are insane these days where people are going down to like you know a hundred thousandths of an inch constriction and i could even talk about an eighth of an inch constriction which is 125 thousandths so
5: that's
1: a lot that's, yeah. that's going to be not good for Eighth your barrel, inch. I would think. I mean, especially you if know, you're shooting anything other than lead because it doesn't compact.
4: It's a great point. So, you know, basically the reason that choke companies have gotten away with this amount of constriction is because they've gone to TSS number 10, number 9.5, number 9, mm. number 8.5, number 8. And because the shot size is so small, it compress it. it Obviously, TSS, tungsten super shot, 18 grams per cubic centimeter. It's very hard. It's not going to compress, but because the shot size is so small, they basically turn into a slug coming out of those tight chokes. And they stay extremely tight out to 100 yards, you know. But steel shot doesn't do that. And that's why all choke companies have limits on the amount of constriction when you shoot steel shot through them. Muller chokes do not. It's the only choke in the world that has no ammo limit. We could talk about that. Um, but all the tight chokes out there, they either blow your pattern or they will swage chokes into the barrel, and you'll never get your choke tube out until you bore it out by a qualified gunsmith and machinist. Um, so there's a lot of bad things that happen when you get too much constriction. You get more back pressure, like shooting a slug because you have no gas escaping, so you end up with much more back pressure and felt recoil when you get into bigger, tighter chokes. So, yeah, a lot of things happen that people don't realize when you're shooting through very tight chokes. And usually it's nothing good.
1: Well, I've, I've actually seen it where guys ha- have ignored, like you got a Benelli shotgun, you look at, I think once you get past modified, it says no steel right yeah. on it. Yeah, But guys, ignore that, and I've seen the front end. It blows out just where the choke threads are.
4: Oh, yeah. 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 Especially when you get into, like, Benelli's. Like, we were talking about Benelli's and Beretta mobile choke guns and stuff, like the A300 or the old 391, 390, 303, all that. We're talking 719 to 722 bore. Some of the newer Benelli's are up to 724, but still. You know, you put twenty thousandths constriction in that, which is a modified, you're talking seven hundred thousands exit diameter, which is a full choke in a lot of guns.
0: You know what's funny, you get into you start talking turkey chokes and you get like he's talking about all these extremely tight patterns where guys are able to hold a pattern at eighty yards and then people get all that. that's how that Ford the 410 has become the new rage shooting TSS with a super tight turkey chokes in it yeah yes. and that's great and all right cuz you can hold a pattern at 80 yards and then you got guys missing turkeys at 10 yards because they're shooting a slug thanks yeah. for saying that yeah they're not shooting and i saw that when i was when i patterned my shotgun this year for turkey season cuz i was holding a yep. pretty pretty good pattern at 50 yards but at, i did i shot it at 10 30 and then I was like, you know what? I'll try one more at 50 to see where it's at at 50. I definitely could kill a bird at 50. Wouldn't do that if I didn't have to. But 10 yards, man, I got to be exact almost because yeah. it's, it's, I mean, all the pellets are there in the middle of the target. If I'm off left or right a little bit or the bird moves, there's a good chance I'm going to miss. Yeah. I really that's need weird. a bird at 20 to 25 yards to be where I really, that's.
2: tight we'll be right back with a word from our sponsors as we move through life it's inevitable that we're going to find ourselves needing trusted advice from legal counsel from business transactions to real estate lawsuits to contract matters we all need advice and assistance from time to time attorney roman hammes multi-state law practice focuses on litigation business law and real estate Roman helps individuals and business owners find solutions to their legal problems. If push comes to shove, Roman is an experienced litigator with extensive trial experience and the ability to take it all the way. He's been named Super Lawyer every year from 2016 to present, a distinction given to only 5% of practicing lawyers. Most importantly, Roman is an avid hunter, angler, conservationist, and proud supporter of the UPO Nation. When you need dependable legal counsel, call Roman, 407-680-6050, or 843-324-1727, or email roman at romanvhammis.com. That's R-O-M-A-N at R-O-M-A-N, V H A M M E S dot com Offices Florida and South Carolina.
0: Primo right there.
4: Absolutely. Sorry about that.
0: So um so I okay.
4: just grabbed my calculator because I want to do a little math with you guys about that. But um but basically, I'm glad you just brought that up because it's something I'm putting in my book right now about, about choke tubes and especially turkey hunters over the years. So so basically, what we've gotten into is tighter, tighter, and bigger shot, higher velocity, lighter payload, all that fun stuff, right? And I, I'm going to go back to the turkey in a second. But when we talked about that with the high velocity and the, and the light payloads and all these different things... You know, the reason that it happened back in the day is because if you look back when it happened about 12 years ago, you can see that that's when the price of alloys went through the roof. We had something happen where the price of alloys, like a box of high-powered rifle, like .30-06, was like 12 bucks a box. And all of a sudden, it was 65 overnight. Well, at that same exact time, what happened, it was because lead prices and all other alloys went through the roof, what happened was the ammo manufacturer was like oh my god what are we going to do because they are buying a thousand metric tons of this stuff at a time right so what they did was they took the most expensive part of the shell out which is the lead or the shot they put the most cheap the cheapest component in which is the powder and they started claiming hypervelocity kills and they laughed all the way to the bank at our expense and You know, people believed it because 88% of hunters don't pull a trigger past 30 yards. Doesn't matter if it's turkey, ducks, pheasant, quail, chucker, crows, you name it. 88% of hunters will never pull a trigger past 30 yards. 90% of people don't even know what 30 yards is, okay, because they've never owned a rangefinder. And... Basically, what they're doing is they're getting away with light payloads, wrong shot size, wrong shot material, and hypervelocity, and wrong chokes because they're shooting inside 25 yards. Brother, you so, got to come
1: hunt in Florida because we oh yeah. see guys all day long, let loose it. Man, 120s when they start shooting.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and, and they're the same guys that can't hit a crosser at 20 yards. You know?
1: No, no, man, we – we are skyblast central out here, man. Yep. Yeah. And every now yep. and again you'll see a guy hit one and it takes the duck about mile and a half to go down of the water, but <laughs>
4: yep. so, I mean theoretically, ballistically speaking, the only the only ethical way to kill a duck or a goose past fifty yards is with TSS. Now I'm not saying you can't do it with some steel load with the right choke with the right ballistics. I'm not saying you can't do it with bismuth because I do it and I do it consistently. But first of all, you've got to have everything dialed in and you have be on the front of the bird because if you're not on the front of the bird, you're not going to kill it. You know, and it, this is a big problem that people have shooting past 25, 30, 40, 50 yards. And, um, there's a lot of things that come into play, not just the ammo, but shooting skill. So so that's a whole nother world. But getting back to the the choke shop ballistics in Turkey that you had brought up, you know, we've gotten into this whole marketing thing, just like the hyper velocity kills thing. Now we've got choke tube companies like glorifying their choke because they can put four hundred TSS pellets in a 10-inch circle at 40 yards. I don't know about you, but I've talked to over 1,200 turkey hunters, guides, and outfitters across the country. 90% of turkeys that have been killed have been inside 20 yards.
1: Yeah, that's the point. You want them tight.
4: Exactly. You can't even see
1: them where we are. You
4: call them in. they, They jump on your decoy. They knock it over. I don't want to shoot a turkey past 25 yards, and I'm sure a lot of other turkey hunters don't, but... I understand if they hang up and you got to take them, you do end of season. Tom, you've been chasing all year. He's hung up at 50. If you can do it right. And there's plenty of combinations where you can do it at 75 all day long. But what I'm saying is 90% of Turkey shot are inside 25 yards. Why are we shooting chokes that are giving us a 10 inch circle at 40 yards? It makes zero sense. So what's happening is so many people are missing the tom of a lifetime because they're falling into this whole hype. You know, this whole um, marketing hype of, "Hey, my choke will put a 10-inch circle at 40 yards on your turkey. It'll devastate the bird." Well, yeah, it will, but you're gonna miss most of what you shoot at. So what's the sense? Most guys would be better off with a skeet choke with a lead seven and a half target load. You know, and that's where we've gotten away from because of marketing hype. We're spending ten bucks a shot on TSS. We're spending a lot of money on a six fifty choke, and then we're going out missing a time of a lifetime at twenty yards because we're shooting a slug at it.
0: Hmm. I remember back in the day. I say back in the day. This was probably, I bet, fifteen years ago. Probably right around fifteen years ago. There was. And I want to say that that would probably, as far as I know, the first time TSS really made its big appearance into the market, into the hunting market, there used to be a shell called I'm sure it's still made called Dead Coyote, and it was marketed to coyote hunters. I'm pretty sure it was a T shot. Yeah, but well,
4: there it was TSS T Coyote yeah, T. There
0: was a there was a choke you could get along to go with that, and you could get that sucker to pattern out of a 12 gauge on a cinder block at 80 yards, and it would kill a dog dead at 80 yards. Hmm. Oh yeah. And it's, that's a great, if you like to coyote hunt in a place like Florida and you're only going with a rifle, that's why you're not killing so many coyotes. Yep. You need a, you need a guy with a shotgun. Yep. I can't tell you how we hunted coyotes and we would hunt with two rifles. And next thing you know, one pops out at 10 yards. Well, good luck getting a swing on a rifle and getting an accurate shot off at 10 yards. You need one guy with a shotgun and one guy with a rifle and you sit next to each other. Yep. Yep. But have, uh,
4: I've, go I've ahead. I've got a lot of guys using my passing choke with coyote tees and, um, And, you know, there's some companies coming out with um, with some good TSS coyote loads and big game loads. But uh, I've got people use my passing choke on on hogs and deer with buckshot. And it's just it's incredible to see what you can do. You know, you shoot a hog one shot with a rifle and then they all start running, you know, and it's fun with a rifle. But a shotgun, it's so fun to roll them with like double up. Yes. (laughs) One buck.
3: Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, I, I got a question for you. So for I, I'm trying to figure out how to word this right, because if you're going to have if you're going to be basically wing shooting with one shotgun and I say like doves, ducks, something like that. Is there an alt like one choke tube that you can use that'll do a lot of that? You want the magic yes. bullet or
4: there, there is. So, so it, like an all around choke
3: kind of thing is what yeah, I'm getting.
4: Obviously, at. obviously if, if somebody says to me, Hey, man, I, I want to shoot wood ducks at 20 yards in a hole, but then I want to shoot a goose at 60 yards, what choke can what well, choke that's can different? Be good for both of them. Obviously, there's no choke that's going to be good for both of those extremes, yeah. right? But going back to the whole sporting clays, skeet, five stand doves, puddle ducks, geese over the decoys, my decoy choke is going to be incredible, right? And it's good with every ammo, whether you're shooting lead target load, steel, bismuth, tungsten, slugs, buckshot, it doesn't matter. Just put the choke in and shoot everything with it. Um, out, Out to, obviously, a certain distance, right? So then after that, I've got the passing, And then after that, I've got the UFO. Um, I've got three constrictions in my hunting because that's all you need. You know, and in my clay target series, I've got five because that's all you need. You know, these 25 constrictions, I mean, it's just, it's senseless, man. So
2: it sounds I like most Florida hunters need the UFO. I was going to say, yeah. 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 I
0: can't oh. tell you, that accurately fits a Sky, sky Blasting so well because and you're literally UFO.
3: shooting at the unidentified flying object. <laughs>
0: I, I just need the
1: That's UFO, duck, Joe.
3: Yeah. It's a duck. Let him have it. He's all the way on the other side of the lake, Jim.
4: Right. <laughs> you pull a trigger and then put the gun down in the blind and then the duck falls, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but in, in all honesty, joking aside, the decoy passing—if you're shooting steel and bismuth—the decoy passing is all you want. And that's if yeah. you're shooting extremes. You know, inside inside 30 yards for the decoy, and beyond 30 for the passing. And then, you know, I say beyond because steel shot really should not be shot past 50 yards. And that's with my chokes, with the best quality ammo out there, right? Can you kill something past 50? Yeah. Will you routinely? No. You'll cripple stuff. And that's if you're right on it. So I don't condone it. Um, if you want to shoot a little past 50, bismuth will help you. But bismuth is not the end all because bismuth is not perfectly round. Bismuth is only halfway between steel and lead with grams of, of cubic centimeter energy and weight, Right so it's not nearly as good as lead but it's better than steel so you gotta you gotta be realistic about that and then if you want to go beyond that 55 yard mark which i like to use as a reality you gotta go to tss or you know heavyweight 13 or Spheros 15 any of those things that are heavier than lead lead is basically 12 you can do it
1: so i've got a question there's a uh and I I actually like the ammo, but it's a it's a it's another company that we all love. But um, they sell copper plated bismuth. Sell it by just go ahead and say trainer. it's boss. Right. Yeah, everybody. So, knows yeah, right. about it's me. boss. But boss copper plated bismuth. Yep. And I've always kind of looked at it, and said, you know, if you're shooting, let's say number five or number four copper plated bismuth, that copper plating counts. You are not shooting number four bismuth, you're probably shooting, say, number five bismuth or number six bismuth, and the rest is copper plating, it ain't the same. Is that, am I accurate in that, or is, is, so, it, is the so plating copper, so thin it doesn't matter?
4: So copper plating on any ammo that's out there these days um, is basically going to help you with lubricity going through feathers of birds. To be honest with you, that's the biggest benefit, realistically, Ballistically speaking, it doesn't matter if it's copper plated, zinc plated, chrome plated, nickel plated, buffered, polished. It doesn't matter. Ballistically speaking, pattern wise. But what it does help with is lubricity going through feathers. Um, Bismuth is, like I said, halfway between steel and lead for weight. Um, You mentioned boss, so I'll mention boss um it's my opinion based on testing and and using it a lot that it is the best bismuth load on the market and the reason being is they put top quality components in their shelves they're leaders they're pioneers they go above and beyond with testing they're even making their own wads now um they they basically never stop innovating so because they don't stop innovating and testing and investing a lot of money in testing components and ballistics and pattern testing, they do have very good ammo. Time
1: and, to split another case, Briar. That's right.
3: <laughs> and,
4: um, yeah, and, and basically... Three inch number five. Yeah, and, and right Fourth? now they've, okay. got their, they've got their new war chief coming out, which is very good, um, but even though they're very happy with their war chief and it patterns better than any other bismuth load on the market, which is proven by the way, I'm not just saying that I don't say things that aren't fact because it can be proven. Um, and it has been, um, they will not stop. They'll just keep pursuing better and better and they'll come out with TSS and they'll keep doing things. So, so it's very, very cool to see a pioneer in the industry that's helping us. Um, their smartest thing that they've done is they use good components. They use heavy payload and they use lower velocity. These are the major things shotgun speaking that are excellent. There's a lot of other good ammo companies out there. Good people, good work. They care, but they're not leaders. They're followers. And what they do is they follow the, the other companies and, They let us, people that don't know what they want and they don't know what's best, to dictate what they're giving us. So basically, we're telling them we want 1,500 feet per second, ounce and an eighth, steel BB, and that's what they make because that's what you're telling them you want. The problem is what you're telling them you you want, you're totally wrong. You don't want that, but you don't know it. And they're giving it to you. So those companies I don't promote because they're not helping you. They're cool. hurting you, and, so, and they're not leaders.
1: On the boss subject, for a guy who likes to read, because I just hate to waste anything. Who, yep. This is going to sound silly, but who manufactures Boss's shells? Are they making them themselves? Or yeah, they do. Really, because you can't find any reload data on a Boss shell. At least I haven't been able mm-hmm. to unless it's out there.
4: Yeah. I mean, if you call them, they would actually help you with it, but they don't, I'm sure I, I'm not going to speak for them, but I'm a reloader. I shoot all my reload ammo um, because I shoot a lot of TSS and you probably saw my shot videos. I, I don't condone shooting really far, but I do because I can And a lot of that's because of the loads that I make my chokes and of course my shooting skill. But the fact is, You've you've got to be able to shoot. You've got to be able to reload good components with consistency, and that means testing lots of testing. And yeah. they do it. And um, the reason that I, I imagine my my feeling is the reason they don't put reload information out is they don't want a liability where people are like, "Oh, I blew up my gun because I reloaded it the way you said." Well what they didn't tell you is they did a double drop of powder and you know, they had a wad stuck in barrel from the load before that was a squib load that didn't leave the barrel and they pulled the trigger again, you know? So you can't manage that and you can't prove it. So I I would never give people reloading data that I do because of that. So that's my guess of why they don't promote it or publish it. You
3: know, I, I, I do have one more question. So you yeah. have a company like Stoger that uses, what is it, Benelli? Benelli Mobile, I think. Uh, what,
0: what is what is the most common choke pattern, thread pattern? Um, the
4: most common, I would say, or let me say the top-selling thread pattern um, in clay target sports is Optima HP Beretta. It used to be Optima. Then Optima HP replaced Optima. Thank goodness. Um, and then in hunting... It's going to be the Cryo Plus because Benelli is the top-selling waterfowl gun on the market.
0: Well, I mean, like Beretta, Benelli, Mobile. Yeah. Yeah. So So, the thread pattern.
4: Yep. So uh, basically, let's take Beretta. They've got Mobile, Optima Plus, Optima, Optima HP. Four different choke systems. The Optima HP is sort of obsolete because those guns – stopped with the extrema twos back in about 2009 2010 um i could be off a year or two there but that's about it the optima plus was a phenomenal choke system they did away with it for some reason unfortunately but the optima plus and the cryo plus benelli are identical exterior in other words they'll screw in you know you could swap them back and forth but you cannot swap them back and forth because it's very dangerous and also inefficient for two reasons. Um, Beretta Optima Plus has a 732, 733 bore. The Benelli has 719, 722. So if you take a Benelli Cryo Plus and put it into an Optima Plus Beretta, you could shoot the back of the choke and bulge your barrel, Right. Mm-hmm. People won't get hurt. Nothing bad will happen to somebody because it's out there at the end of the barrel. That's a that's a myth, right? People like to scare people. But what what can happen is if you put a a choke that was made for 720 bore into a 733, 735 bore, there's a chance it could obstruct the bore and you could shoot the back of the choke, peel it. And then the next shot's going to go between the choke and the barrel. It's going to blow the choke out, bulge your barrel, your barrel's no good anymore, right? The opposite end of the spectrum or the reverse, if you take a Optima Plus choke that's made for a 732 bore Beretta and you screw it into a Benelli, that's a 720 bore. Basically, what's going to happen is your constriction is going to be way bigger than what you think it is. And the geometry is going to suck because your shock column is going to exit the bore, not go into a taper because it's so big. And it's going to slam down into the constriction part, down the end of the choke, giving you huge amounts of shot-to-shot deviation and really bad patterns. So, yes, other choke companies, I could mention them, but I won't do that. Other choke companies will supply you with Cryo Plus chokes for the Benelli Super Sport or uh, Pro Sporting that's been backboarded to 733 um, or like a Rob Robertson Pro. Or custom that's been backboard 733 from 720. Um, some choke companies will supply you with a Benelli Cryo Plus choke, which is a no no and shame on them for doing it. So, so I, I apologize
0: for hijacking your
3: question. But <laughs> I understand. Yeah. Anyway, you have a company like Stoger that yeah. uses that Benelli thread pattern. Yeah. yeah so, and from what I've always- gathered from you, real yeah. quick, because this is part of my yeah. question that yep. that bore diameter for your choke matters. So if yes. you have a company like Stoger, do they use a, the same bore pattern or is that different?
4: Yeah, so Stoger is owned by Benelli. Yes. So basically the same company and what they've done is they've tried to standardize things a little bit. So a lot of Stogers will come with a mobile choke or they'll come with a Cryo Plus choke. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the Weatherbees now are trying to standardize their choke systems to a Benelli Cryo Plus. Um, Some other guns as well, but basically the thing you need to be really careful of, and this is a great question you're asking, is what we just explained about the Beretta Benelli thing. A lot of off-brand guns, especially if the barrels are made in Turkey or whatever, they'll come with a Beretta mobile choke thread pattern, but it'll be like a 735 bore. It's not cool. You know, they tell you it takes a Beretta mobile choke or it takes a Cryo Plus choke. And you might measure the bore and it's 735. Uh, No, it doesn't take that choke. It screws in, but it does not take it. And it's not cool to be selling it that way. So these are things that people need to be made aware of. Choke companies won't make you aware of it because they just want to sell you a choke. Gun companies won't make you aware of it because a lot of them are pretty clueless about it. They, they look at choke tubes as an afterthought. They don't think it matters. Um, and it's pretty sad, but it, it comes at our expense because what will happen sadly, and this goes for any gun company out there. If you take any gun on the market and you do not shoot a factory choke in it, you shoot any aftermarket choke in it and you bulge a barrel because Of what we're talking about, the choke company will void the warranty because you shot an aftermarket choke. And it's not cool because the aftermarket choke may have been correct, but the bore diameter of their gun was not made for that choke. Um, If you bulge a barrel with a factory choke or you shoot a choke out of the barrel, the gun company will usually tell you you didn't tighten a choke or the choke was loose, and that's why it happened, which is not true but it's what they'll tell you because they don't want to give you a new barrel.
1: Well, here's some good news that uh, Jimmy Mueller has done. For anybody that's listening to this and all of a sudden getting anxiety about, oh my God, do I have the wrong choke in my gun? If you go to his site and you go to his products and you go check out his chokes, like for instance, I'm looking up Benelli right now. If you go to his site, uh, you can click on Benelli 12 gauge and it will give you all the different Makes and models of Benelli, whether it's a Black Eagle, a Vinci or whatever, and he's got a very easy to understand chart that tells you exactly which choke set you need to buy from him. So, for instance, all you guys out there that are shooting uh, Super Black Eagle two and three, you buy the cryo choke, and if you're shooting the old old school Super Black Eagle one, you buy the standard. So that's hmm. it. yeah,
4: and uh, and and just to throw something in there, like you said, cryo. It's really cryo plus, and the cryo reason plus. I bring that. Now, the reason I bring that point up is because it, it's sort of funny, right? If you call Benelli, if, if you look at the Benelli Cryo Plus chokes, if any of you own one, go ahead and look at it. It says right on the bottom body, body of the choke, Cryo Plus, okay? If you call Benelli and tell them that, ask them what choke tube your Super Black Eagle three or two takes, they will tell you Cryo. It's not cryo, it's cryo plus, and I'll tell you the difference. Cryo choke was made back in 2008 to 2009. It only fit in two different guns. Okay, it fit in a Super Sporting and it fit in a Monofeltro. And there are target guns, and they're only made for one year. And it looks just like a Beretta Optima choke. The threads are flush to the end of the barrel. It's a very thin choke and it's very long. That is a cryo choke. Okay. The Cryo Plus is what the new guns take. It has a space between the thread and the extended head. That's about three-quarters of an inch. So the threads are about three-quarters of an inch down inside the muzzle. The reason it's important to know that is because if you call Benelli and tell them, what choke does your gun take? They're going to tell you Cryo. And when you tell them, no, it doesn't, it takes a Cryo Plus, they will tell you there's no such thing. It's a Cryo. They don't even know their chokes are cryo plus even though they make them and mark them that way. So when you talk to gun companies, be very aware that they are not as knowledgeable as they think they are or as you think they are. And gun companies don't like me to say that, but the fact is it's proven fact.
0: Even even more or less knowledgeable is the person manning the gun counter at whatever, um, generally whatever large sporting goods store you're (laughs) yeah. 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 So I
3: also have another question, especially when, yeah. so as it pertains to these chokes and you're talking about the bore diameter, what is, is there a machine tolerance that these companies have? Because if you're plus or minus a thousandth, that could be a big deal, is what it sounds like.
4: Uh, so, so plus or minus a thousandth would be a blessing for me if, if, if gun companies so, held that. But what, what happens is i'll give you an example so so basically most bore diameters and shotguns if you take the same exact shotgun across the bore like let's use a invector plus browning right it's basically a 742 bore but you'll get some that are 740 745 most of them are 742 right so there's quite a bit of tolerance and browning barrels are one of the best in the industry most of them are made in Japan by Morocco, and they're very accurate and very good. But you still have about a 6,000th tolerance in bore diameter. Um, There's some companies out there that have such big tolerances that they've actually told people that they could, they could buy the bigger bore barrel for an upcharge if they would like it. The bore diameter is supposed to be 18.6 millimeter, which is 732. Some of them are 735, some of them are 737. And because they had such a big tolerance with their workmanship, it was because of lack of quality control in their in their machining. They actually realized that they couldn't get by the general public with tolerances that big, so they actually marketed it as a larger bore if you wanted to buy it. They charge you two hundred and fifty dollars more for the barrel.
3: So So they charge you $250 more for their screw up
4: For their screw up. But it's a big, very well-known company for very good guns and they market it that way. So, so that's what's out there. And I think it's really prudent that we as hunters and shooters and shotgunners, we know these things and we do our own diligence and learn it and measure it and figure it out.
0: So we've covered a lot about different chokes and brands and barrels and shot sizes and distances, and but we really haven't talked about muller chokes. Correct. They keep getting mentioned in here and there, but I want to talk about uh, the different size chokes uh, or purpose-driven chokes you offer and uh, why you've set them up the way you have. Yep. S- specifically that home defense joke I don't know that I've ever heard anybody making a, a home defense joke I don't want to talk right. about that one just yet but we'll, we'll get around to that um, but first off how when did you start making jokes
4: so uh, I made my own chokes back in 1992 and the reason is I had to buy 10 of the top manufacturer modified chokes that we started the conversation on that I sort of veered off of. I bought two modified chokes that measured 20,000s. They both patterned totally different. I found out the reason they patterned entirely different was because of the geometry in the chokes. They were totally different. They both had an exit diameter of 720, but the taper lengths were different. They were out of round. The gasker clearance was different. The surface finish was different. These things created the patterns, not the exit diameter. And when I realized that, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is like a dumpster of worms, not a can of worms. This is huge because a choke is not a choke anymore. So that's how I got into this big thing of making my own chokes, right? I had to buy 10 of this company's modified chokes to get two to the pattern right. And out of those two chokes, I had to mark one with black magic marker because in my top barrel, the point of impact was six inches high and left. In my bottom barrel, it was good. And it was because the back of the choke was not square because they made them in a screw machine with multiple chuckings. So it was like, are you kidding me? Then I called the owner of the company up. I told him what I did for a living. I was a master toolmaker, aerospace defense manufacturer, and I was, I was a shotgunner, right? And he basically told me, you bought them, you own them, kid, and he hung up in my face. So biggest mistake he ever made. And um, I went into the shop the next day, made my own chokes, and never looked back. So that was in 1992. In 93, I dove both feet in in into sporting clay world and the competition and realized that there was not a choke on the market that was efficient. I shot every one of them, every constriction, every ammo, every gun that I owned, and none of them patterned the way they were marked. Every one of them, every one of the good ones, had a very hot core with no outside outer fringe that was predictable or efficient. And they were filthy dirty with plastic buildup. The ported chokes were absolutely horrific. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. So I went to my shop, I made my own and I just kept changing things until I got the most even picture perfect patterns I could produce out of that gun and never looked back. Then fast forward Many years, many wins all over the country, I realized that chokes never changed. These chokes were all the same that they were back in 92, and nobody was changing anything. They put different porting on it, made it look really cool. They put tin coating on them, made them gold, made them silver, made them this, made them that. They never changed anything else about the chokes. They were still shooting the same crappy patterns that we always had. And to this day, they're still the same. So what I did was I went into the shop and I started with one gun. I changed every geometry you could imagine in the choke for that gun until I got the lowest shot to shot deviation that gun could produce using the best ammo in the market. Then I changed every taper length, every parallel length, every gasker clearance, every surface finish, every overall length. You name it. I put every type of porting in it. I put straight grooves in them. I put spiral grooves in them. I put, I put things that you can't imagine in a choke to see what the magic combination was. And that's what I came up with, the best combination for every gun in the market with every ammo based on what I created.
0: Hmm. So let's talk about what we – you started with skeet, and then uh... – we move into the hunting realm. How many different skeet chokes are you making? No, oh, it does so, It makes uh, three.
1: Three. Yep. Three, three it, different it, chokes.
4: No. So the Clay Target competition oh. chokes, I have five constrictions. And uh, I have the Featherlight series, and I have the Stainless Steel competition series. So I have U0, U1, U2, U3, U4. U0 is basically my cylinder skeet. I use the word cylinder loosely, and I'll explain that. And then the U1 is sort of like a skeet IC. U2 is a light mod mod. U3 is a mod I mod. U4 is a full extra full. So the reason that I say two different constrictions is because the patterns are so even on the outer fringe, it literally covers two constrictions. And that's pattern-wise, not theoretical-wise. So if you shoot them on paper... The outside fringe is going to give you the bigger diameter pattern I mentioned, but because of the beautiful, even pellet distribution and low shot-to-shot deviation, it's going to break a target or kill a bird much further than ever before with the biggest pattern possible that you've never experienced before. So your hit-to-miss ratio goes through the roof, your cripple ratio goes way down. Nice. With less constrictions instead of more.
3: So what, what what in in those five constrictions? What's the difference between your uh, what is it decoy passing and well that that's we're, the UFO.
0: Yeah. Then we move into the the hunting.
3: Yeah. Yep. Right.
4: So, is- so the the feather like clay target series and and stainless steel competition series that's used zero through four, and then we move right into the H two O which is my waterfowl hunting and defense load. Um, Basically what I realized when I was developing chokes, going through all of this, high-speed photography, shooting everything you can imagine from mud, water, live birds, targets, moving trailers, everything. I realized that the geometries I created, gun-specific patterning geometry, I call it GSPG, that I created for each individual gun in each individual model, I realized that I had created something that was going to give you the best patterns possible. So I didn't need a lot of constrictions to do so. And when I invented the H2O waterfowl hunting, big game, three gun defense choke, the reason that I call it that is because it's the only choke in the world that has no ammunition limit. You could take my decoy passing or UFO and shoot, Slugs, buckshot, steel ball bearings, lead, tungsten, bismuth, anything you want through it. You will never swell a choke and swage threads into the barrel. You'll never damage a choke and you'll never crack a choke and you'll never bulge a barrel. You'll never have an issue. And what I offer to go along with that, and this goes with all of my chokes, I do a 60 day money back guarantee. You buy them, you shoot them for two full months. I don't care if that starts this December. I don't care if it starts tomorrow. You shoot it for two full months. If you don't think it's the best in the world, for whatever reason, I'll give your money back, no questions asked. In the 60 days, I do a free exchange on constrictions. So let's say you buy a passing choke, you shoot it, and you're like, you know what, Jim, this thing is way too tight. I need a decoy. I'll swap it for free. So you're never stuck with anything you buy from me until you get exactly what you want. After the 60 days, they have a lifetime replacement warranty. If you go drop one in the warehouse floor and run it over with a tow motor and flatten it, I'll give you a new one. So best warranty in the industry, best patterns in the industry, regardless of gun or ammo of choice, proven fact. Um, You go on surviving duck season, just one example, episode nine, where Joel Strickland tested every hunting ammo on the market with 44 different choke tubes, Through three different guns, Muller chokes outperformed every one of them in every test. So it's proven fact. What I created is superior because of what I put into it and what I achieved.
0: So what's the home defense choke? Which one?
4: So the home defense choke basically is the same as my H2O, my decoy passing UFO. Um, Basically, what I recommend is my decoy choke. And the reason is, if it's a home defense choke or defense choke in general, you're never going to be shooting at long range, right? Whether you're shooting birdshot, buckshot, or slugs. Um, And what I always recommend to people, because I've done a lot of defense training, I've talked to a lot of police officers, I've talked to people in the BATF, I've talked to lawyers, talked to a lot of people in the NRA. And basically, the best thing you can do for home defense is use birdshot. And use a hunting choke. And the reason being is if you're in a home defense situation, you're never going to shoot past, uh, you know, 10 yards. Right. And birdshot is going to blow a big old hole in somebody and they're not going to survive. It's never going to exit your home and kill anybody outside. And when you are faced with a jury and you're on the stand and they're not going to say, why did you have, um, you know, why did you have double up buck or hollow, hollow point slugs in your gun? Were you premeditating to shoot somebody in your home? Or a Scotty dog. The, the answer is <laughs> I had, I had hunting ammo on my gun with a, with a fact, you know, with a, a hunting choke because I'd never had an intention of needing to shoot somebody in my home. That's the only thing that I had. You're going to get much better treatment from a jury on the stand than, if you're using bolos with a string attached to two double up buck or triple ob buck, trying to you know cut somebody's head off. It
2: sounds like so, some stuff Tim would make. It's time to let go of the no, first I, shit rounds, I guess. I'll play <laughs> yeah. around with that, but
1: yeah, the, yeah. to to his point, yeah. like yeah, the, the, the I hear shit guys
4: rounds aren't going to go well in court. Yeah.
1: No, but I hear guys <laughs> so, talk about using their their let's say their AR. For home defense, yeah. and that's great if it's outside the home. But if a guy's in your home, one, you you want the broadest pattern because you're in a pretty high stress. But the other thing you got to keep in mind is what's behind your assailant. It yeah. might very well be your kid's bedroom, right? Yeah. Whereas you hit him with birdshot and you miss yeah. a lot of the lethality that birdshot is going to be absorbed by the drywall. Absolutely. Whereas if you throw a slug through him, eh. Gonna go through the ceiling, the drywall, your kid, and into your neighbor's house. That's why yeah. Jim right? shoots monopoly so, pieces. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I get. Earlier, we touched on um, being able to to shoot uh, steel through. Well, I guess your UFO choke. Yeah. How, so- how do you do that without? We talked about back pressure because it won't. Yep. The steel is so hard that it doesn't put a ton of pressure back on the barrel and bulge the barrel. How how do you you work that out?
4: Yeah, so it won't bulge your barrel because any barrel that's rated for steel shot approval is not going to bulge if you shove big steel shot through it. What will happen is the choke tube is the weak link. And the reason the choke tube is the weak link, without getting into really technical data here for reasons, is that the threads basically will swell into the threads of the barrel and you can't get the choke out. Um, People think it rusted in, but really it's because they shot steel BB through a modified or full choke, and they swaged the threads into the barrel, and you can't get the choke out. So my chokes won't do that because of the tolerances I use. Um, I actually take facsimile molds of the barrels, and I put them into a 20X shadow graph, and I look at the threads that are in the barrels, and I form grind the threading tools to match the barrel. So there's no clearance between the choke and the thread for it to swell. It's one with the barrel. Um, the other reason is I use special mill spec materials and I harden them to a very hard tolerance, which is harder than the steel shot and actually harder than your barrel. So the tensile strength is above and beyond what it could be to stretch.
1: Understood. Understood, uh, understood enough of it anyway. Why,
4: yeah. Yeah. That's why there's no limit
1: now. Oh, good, good. Sorry.
4: Yeah. So I just want to touch base with the UFO and steel shot. So I don't condone the UFO with steel shot, not because you can't do it. It won't blow your pattern, but it won't be much tighter than my passing choke when you shoot steel through it, unless you're shooting steel like smaller than number four. Okay. But the reason that I don't condone shooting my UFO with steel shot is because the pattern is going to outperform the foot pounds of energy of a steel pellet, regardless of shot size or energy or velocity. So all you're doing is you're hurting yourself, shooting a much tighter, smaller pattern than what you need to sort of going back to the extreme uh, turkey patterns. If you're shooting a duck inside 40 yards, with steel shot, why would you use my UFO choke? Because the passing choke, is going to put a ton of pellets on the bird and devastate the bird at 40 yards. So why would you go tighter? There's no reason to. You're just going to miss.
1: Fair enough. And you'd suggest the same thing if you're hunting bigger birds, if you're hunting Canada's, and if you're hunting um, cranes. You, yep. You'd still say passing choke is where you want to be. Yep. So, Good. so Good
4: decoy and passing choke for all steel and all bismuth, UFO for TSS or heavyweight 15 or 13, or so- lead.
2: So I'm looking at a UFO as more of like a, a turkey choke.
4: Yeah, UFO doubles as a turkey choke. Um, give you an example. Let's talk about, let's just put something out there that people do. So take my my passing choke and my UFO. We'll do a little comparison. So we're shooting. Um, shooting steel would be the passing, right, out to whatever distance foot-pounds of energy will remain. We'll call it 50 yards, right? The UFO, still going to be 50 yards. You're just going to be a smaller pattern, so you're going to miss more for no reason. The passing choke with TSS, like number seven, I can kill a duck, mallard, old squaw, golden eye, ball paint, anything like that. All honesty, every shot, 75 yards that is a doornail with the ufo i can do it at 90 yeah
0: we're gonna need need to bleep that out so that
4: the people don't don't do
0: it don't get any further
4: yeah (laughs) okay so so basically that's what i'm using the ufo for so i'm using the ufo for turkey past 50 yards shooting tss or winchester longbeard number six and I'm going to use the passing choke for turkey hunting if I'm going to be shooting inside 40. So basically, inside 40 is my passing choke. Past 40 is going to be my UFO.
0: The Under Pressure Outdoors podcast is brought to you in part by Hang Free. With a mission to provide top-quality products for the best possible price, Hang Free believes that the saddle hunting experience is worth more than money. They create both tried and true products, as well as debut new items to the saddle hunting community, creating a community of saddle hunters that don't have to break the bank to participate in the hobby that they love. Do yourself a favor and join the Hang Free family this hunting season. They truly have everything you need. Don't forget to use offer code UPO10 at checkout for 10% off your order at hangfree.co. So
1: how about if if you're throwing lead at Upland Game, would you... Dial that back I'm to gonna your
4: decoy, be shooting choke? My decoy I'm going to be shooting my decoy choke if I have H2O, or I'm going to be shooting like my U1 or U2 in my Feather Lighter uh, SS competition.
2: So, say I'm going to like a, a pheasant, like a tower shoot. Yep. Right. I'm probably looking at more so like your uh, your decoy.
4: So it, it all depends on how far you like to shoot on a tower shoot because, as you know, you could wait for birds to come to you mm-hmm. or you could kill them when they're going to other people. <laughs> <laughs> My <laughs> man! Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah,
5: People get
3: mad. Knocking everybody's birds down.
4: <laughs> but um, so if, if you're shooting normal shots out to 40 yards, the decoy choke is incredible on pheasant, grouse, chucker, quail, whatever world rabbits crows um if you want to shoot at extended distance the passing is is incredible
1: but if we go to piney woods and we have ufo chokes We'll be knocking them birds down as soon as they
0: leave the, the tower. Yeah, you'll have, soon you'll as soon as they clear
1: the tower, you ain't got
0: to hit the big man. You'll have Keith <laughs> kicking yep. you out like, uh, uh-uh, not to Girl. the next bail. You're going back to the back to the
1: house. <laughs> uh, Dropping them all right in the pond. Yeah, <laughs> I,
4: I could send you guys some shot cam video shooting my passing choke in my A400 with TSS sevens, killing Fez out of a tower at a range found 98 yards. Ooh, yeah,
0: awesome, man. Oh, all right, so I so, got a I got one for you. Uh, a scenario it, deep down here in the dirty south it's still pretty common to run deer with dogs so shooting buckshot at 50 60 yards what would you recommend
5: uh
4: my passing choke would double up buck Remington or federal
1: the passing choke seems to be the the, the like go to yeah though I, I i need all three because <laughs> man you know we just we, we start hunting shotguns September 1st and we're not done with them until may I'm thinking. So, can you imagine uh,
0: though? But
3: you, I, I'm you, thinking yeah. the decoy is more.
2: I'm thinking decoy for snipe, for oh, well, yeah.
3: for a lot of things, more so than Dubs. anything. Now, but
2: just think about this.
0: for to make
4: things easy, rule of thumb, whether you're beginner or expert shooter, the decoy is going to be what I have in my gun when I'm hunting in my marsh or any type of inland, you know, wood duck, mallards, but all puddle ducks, I'm going to shoot my decoy choke. Because when I'm hunting puddle ducks, I'm normally gonna, I'm not gonna shoot past 45 yards, and I'm gonna say this very clearly: 45 yards with my decoy choke, with three inch, ounce, and three eights, steel fours at 1300 or 1250, I will paper bag a mallard every shot. Okay, mm. so people that think you can't kill ducks with steel shot are wrong. The reason you can't kill ducks with steel shot is because you're shooting freaking twos or BBs with no pellets in the shell. You're shooting an ounce and a quarter or an ounce and an eighth or an ounce and 16th. Again, no pellets in the shell. You're shooting 1450, 1550, 1700. The pellets are so blown apart by the time it gets to the bird. You'd be lucky if you hit them with one pellet and who knows where you're going to hit them. Right. So that's why you can't kill birds with steel. It's not because of the choke, the gun, the steel, right? So that's rule number one. Number two, if you want to be able to kill birds more consistently at extreme distances, bus bismuth or any bismuth is going to be better than steel, but it's still going to be very limited when you get out to that 50-55, okay? Then beyond that, TSS is a whole nother world. It, it makes lead look like steel, Okay. I I've, I've been hunt, I've been duck hunting since 1975. I shot thousands of duck with lead. I've shot thousands of geese with lead. And I can tell you TSS makes lead look like steel. It's like nothing anybody's ever seen. But with that said, My ammo you, budget you need just to be able to, <laughs> yeah, You need to be able to shoot clay targets at 100 yards, 75 yards, 60 yards. And do it somewhat consistently before you start to pull triggers on live birds at 50, 60.
0: You need to know what you're doing. I, I feel my well, wallet starting to pinch my leg thinking about shooting TSS at ducks. Yeah. I was no, going to well, say yeah, the leads at
1: 70 yards, especially on a, let's say right to left or left to right. I mean, you're going to have to be out there a football field in front of her. It's going to feel like a football field. Yeah. Way you know out the, in front
4: of them. You know, the three, The three things that dictate lead are speed, distance, and speed of ammo, right? Yeah. And, you know, with shotgun, like we talked about, the faster it starts out, the faster it slows down. With TSS being so heavy at 18 grams per cubic centimeter, it retains its velocity longer than anything else we've ever shot. So even a TSS number seven at 100 yards has more than enough lethality to kill a duck. Never mind if you go to a six, a six, you could kill a Canada goose at 125 yards all day long.
1: So that's a fantastic segue. You're so wearing a
5: That's
1: a fantastic segue. Because I was going to ask you, I remember reading an article about it, because you mentioned, I really have like multiple questions I'm going to try to wrap into one. I remember reading articles, I don't know if it was on Chuck Hawks or something else about a feller who was driving his wife bananas, pulling a trailer behind the station wagon, trying to figure out shot string. Was that you?
4: That's Bob Brister. Oh, okay. So, so we'll touch on that and say I, I've done that, and it was because of Bob. Um, Bob Brister's book, Shotgunning, has basically always been the Bible of shotgunning. And to this day, people still swear by it to be the, the shotgunning Bible. The problem with it is back in 1976 to 1983, it was the Bible. It is very obsolete now because— none of the guns, ammo, or chokes or anything like it was back then. So if you take his technical data, him and, and um, you know, Bob Brister, Tom Roster, all those guys, and you look at their data, it's very useful and helpful, except it's obsolete. It was great back then, but not today. So So basically, he did a lot of really cool things but because it was with that ammo, with those chokes, with those guns, it doesn't basically transpond to today. It, it just doesn't. Back then they had Magnum shot or regular shot. Magnum shot was basically just chilled or maybe a little bit of antimony in it. You know, high antimony shot, people think it's great, The fact is, the reason people make companies make high anemone shot is for better drop in their shot towers and in their shot manufacturing. It's not for us. It's for them to ease manufacturing and get better quality at a faster rate. But they marketed it as harder shot is better patterning and kills better. It's not true. Anemone is way lighter than lead. It's actually the same weight as ten. So the more antimony you add to lead shot, the less weight you have in your lead shot, which means downrange it's suffering. So high antimony shot is not good. It doesn't do anything good for us. It's it's a myth. Good you to just know. pay more for it.
1: So then the other I was kinda of going and you've already answered the question. You've done the homework and all and you kinda of got to the point that even the stories I was gonna say about the guys getting to shot string, it's all obsolete, but to go back to what you mentioned about TSS, because it's heavy, it's like lead. Actually, Is it, is it actually heavier than lead? What, I don't almost, pound a lead almost, to pound it. I almost mean, twice as heavy it as lead. Is it dense? So,
4: so basically for round numbers, steel is 7.82. I know that's not round, but 7.82, call it 8. Bismuth is 9. Lead is 12. TSS is 18. Holy oh my cow. goodness.
1: All right, that's good to know. So it's so much denser. Yep. And that's why you're saying that and the good news is, you can then drop down in shot size to still get the travel, the speed, and the lethality, which then also helps more BBs. More BBs. More BBs, both on target and let's face it, you know, not every shot that you have is is, is textbook. So you're you with a poorer shot, you are going to hit the duck or the bird with with fewer BBs. But because you have more BBs, you're you're still going to put more on target than obviously if you were shooting fours or fives. Yeah, And sometimes that extra two or three BBs is all takes.
4: Yeah. So the thing that's really amazing is is envision a spoon and a pencil that's sharpened, right? So basically take a lead four. It's a spoon. Try pushing it through your skin. TSS-7 is like a sharpened pencil. So basically a number seven is ballistically superior to a lead four, which is not even, I mean, it doesn't even, it doesn't even relate. It it makes us think like that's impossible, but it is. And when you take, let's say a lead four or bismuth four, and you put an ounce and a quarter in there, which is sort of a square load and a 12-gauge. It's like a pigeon load. Very good patterning, ounce and a quarter lead or bismuth. It's like, don't hold me to this because I don't have my chart in front of me, but it's like 125 pellets, okay? Tungsten 7 would be like freaking 400. So when you shoot a bird, when you shoot a bird with a pellet that's got – Imagine shooting a bird with a lead four with four hundred pellets on the target. That's what you're getting with a TSS seven.
0: You're, you're telling me I can yeah, shoot yeah. ducks with a with a TSS seven. I'm wondering how small do I have to go if, if I wanted to dove hunt because I swear those doves they're made of Kevlar. Uh, yeah. How small? Dang! And I'm shooting lead sevens and at 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 doves. Do they make a like a twelve? <laughs> hey, yeah, uh,
4: as far as I know, from what I've, yes, they do. Um, I've actually reloaded some twelves, but I don't shoot anything smaller than a nine. And to be honest with you, I don't shoot nines either. I shoot sevens at pretty much everything. Six is, is, is there.
0: Is there dove left after you shoot it with a seven TSS?
4: It all depends on how close it is. So, so basically I bet people
0: to love those. to have you on the dove field, don't they? Oh yeah, it's fun. Like a lot of sarcasm, very heavily oh, sarcasm laid in there. <laughs> so
1: here's fun. the issue with TSS though. It's like six bucks a shell. Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh that's cheap.
4: Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, that's cheap. so basically most most ammo companies are charging um ten bucks a shot on average. Some are more than that, some are fifteen which is absurd because they're only paying about 60 bucks a pound for the TSS. And that's if you're not buying large quantities. So, So they're charging us exorbitant amounts for no reason because everybody does it. It's like price of gas. Everybody goes to five bucks a gallon. Everybody charges it, right? You know, oil and gasoline are cheaper to make than drinking water. But... TSS is also not as expensive as they charge us. They do it because everybody does it. It's a fad.
0: Yeah. I mean um, it, uh, I, our, I don't want to call it a fad because it works, right? It, it's yeah. a but because it's so popular, it's easier yes. to charge more for it.
4: Yeah, and, and most people shooting TSS or shooting turkey. So it's one shot and done, right? But what I what I wanna what I would love to tell people and get through to them is doesn't matter if you're shooting turkey, ducks, dove, crows. I mean, whatever you want to hunt. Save your money and do not shoot TSS unless you're shooting past 50 yards, honestly. So I, I was shooting clay targets today. I had a range finder, a vortex range I could, I could range find ducks in the air at 400 yards, right? It's a very accurate range finder. It's very easy to use. I was shooting clay targets today. With my passing choke, which is very similar to my U3, which is, you know, like a mod, I mod. I was shooting lead eight and a halves, not seven and a halves, eight and a halves, and I was breaking on edge targets at 55 yards every shot with a lead eight and a half with my passing choke. So the reason I say this is because, so again, so many people have been brainwashed into marketing hype that's false. It's hurting them badly. It's hurting their wallet. It's hurting their neck. It's hurting their. It's hurting everything. It's hurting their egos. People are making fun of them. They're quitting. I mean, I know people that are giving up hunting and clay target shooting because they're doing so poorly. A lot of it is because of the components they're using. So, so basically, when people tell you, "Oh, buy TSS and go turkey hunting." don't do that unless you're shooting past 60 yards on turkey. A Winchester Longbeard number 6 in my passing choke will roll a turkey at 50 yards every shot every time. My UFO 75 yards every shot every time. So why are you going to go out and buy a buy a choke tube that puts 400 TSS pellets in a 10-inch circle at 40 yards and spend 10 bucks a shot? Why? Yeah. Because people are telling you because that's what you need to do, and it's false.
0: Because you want to be
3: cool. Yeah, I just like I want a choke tube now.
4: You want to be cool <laughs> until you miss a Tom with a double beard <laughs> dragging on the ground at twenty yards.
3: Right. yeah. Because yeah.
4: you, know? you
0: try to shoot him with a
4: slug. Do
1: you, Do you yeah. have a three choke package on your on your sight?
4: No, and the reason I don't is because I want you to get what you need and want, not what you don't want. So, but you so you described.
1: Really, you, we we hunt a lot and we chase everything. Yeah. Right. You yeah. you've laid out a scenario. You've got the ideal choke for
2: just about everything we do. Everything.
1: I mean, yeah. it's like, and I, you know, and you know when you can get into the well, that's a lot of money to spend on chokes or whatever. It's like, oh, you want to spend on a choke, you want to spend on ammo. How many times are you going out? So and do you so, want results? Or you don't want results, yeah. right?
4: So I'll, I'll spew just a little thing here I put in my book. So so basically, we we all have our cool stuff, right? We, we buy our awesome duck boat with our awesome trailer, our gorgeous decoys. Then we buy an $80,000 truck to pull it. And we've got these $150 duck calls and our Sitka gear. And we've got our headlamps that we pay probably freaking $100 for so we could see the next city with it. And uh, we drive who knows how far to the boat ramp at 3 a.m. We get out. We bust ice. Maybe not you guys in Florida, but we're chopping ice. We fight gators. Yeah. Yeah, you fight gators. Speed bumps, I call those. (laughs) Especially in the airboat. Um, Done that. And uh, mosquitoes in your teeth. But uh, you go through all this, right? We get out to our duck blind. We set out our decoys. We cover everything. We're sweating. We're dying. We fill everything in with our camo. We finally get in the blind. We open our coffee thermos. We're like, we're ready, man. Friggin' first ducks come in, bang, 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 and bird keeps flying away. And we're like, man, how the hell did that just happen? Well, it was because of the freaking crappy choke you got on the end of your gun or the wrong ammo you just bought because you're shooting 1,500 feet per second, number twos, and you didn't even hit a freaking bird, even though you were right on them. It was because of the choke. Or the ammo. So, all of that other stuff that we did was basically ruined by a a $100, a $50 choke or a factory choke or, you know, the wrong ammo. It wasn't the gun. It wasn't you. It wasn't the duck boat. It wasn't the decoys. It wasn't a duck call. It was the freaking choke in the end of the gun.
1: Black flagged on the last lap.
4: Yep, So yeah. what are you saving by being cheap on a choke or being being cheap on ammo? You're not.
1: You're saving you know,
4: you're a duck's
0: life. Of, yeah.
4: You're literally yeah. you're literally spending $100,000 to go sit in that blind and you're worrying about a $100 choke or a freaking box of ammo. You know? It, it's silly. Or or hey, I want to buy a cheap duck gun. What could I get for under $500? Why why would you do that? You know, don't because you know what? When when a receiver blows up and, you know, takes out your buddy or the gun jams every time you go to shoot it at a duck coming into decoys or, you know, what have you, you know, what did you save? You didn't go buy a good, well-known brand, good gun that people are rating all over, you know, gun broker or on the forums that say this gun is awesome you know, yeah, it's a thousand dollars. Yeah. It's $1,800. Yeah. It's 10 grand. I mean, whatever your, whatever your wallet is, you want to go buy a Craig off or a blazer and take it out in the duck blind. I've done it. <laughs> you know, just, <laughs> done cool. it.
1: The Creek yeah. shotguns in the duck blind, the choke business yeah. is good. <laughs> <laughs>
4: you no, know, it's just a tool, man. You know, I, I just talked to one of my buddies today. We've got a, we've got a shoe coming up this Sunday for play targets and, supposed to rain and and he's like i'm gonna take my duck gun i'm not taking my blazer in the rain and i'm like it's a freaking tool a gun's made to get wet you know wood's been in the in the in the rain for millions of years and you know the steel that these guns are made of if you take it home and wipe it down it's fine and you know what if it rusts a little bit who cares man it's a tool go use it you know yeah
3: yeah
2: I definitely got to do some research into my gun because I've, I've kind of looked on your website a little bit and I, I have a, a Beretta 391 and I did not even realize that the, there's like, until looking at your website, that there's like three or four different 391s.
4: Yeah, so is it a 391 Eureka or a Eureka 2?
2: Well, I have no idea. So I said I have to <laughs> <laughs> you gotta figure that out. Yeah,
4: well, I have to look so into it. So there's three of them. There's, uh, there's the old Eureka, which takes the mobile choke there's the Eureka 2 which takes the Optima choke. Um some of their field barrels take the Optima Plus. I want to say it's an Eureka. Extrema. And if it's the old Extrema 2, it takes the Optima Plus choke system.
2: Yeah, and I was I was kind of sad to see that when I looked at the Extrema Extrema, I don't think your website didn't offer the passing or the anything for the Extrema.
4: No, so So the Extrema 2 is one of the best 391s they ever made. Um, It had the best choke system Beretta ever made, which is the Optima Plus. Unfortunately, it's obsolete now because they stopped making them back in 2010-ish. The only reason that I'll be making them again, right now I don't have them in stock because of what I just said, but I am going to make them again this year because all of the Rob Roberts and Benelli's and and the Briley, pro comp Benelli's they're all back to 733 they now require Benelli uh, a Beretta Optima plus choke and there's more and more of them because um Benelli and Rob Robertson are in you know they're helping each other out so all of the guns that Rob Robertson does he ports the barrels and back them in the 732 733
0: well. so good
4: news is I'll be making them again for your extrema
1: nice
0: you better stay yep. get, get on that email list
1: yeah so i, I got yep. one more question because i'm actually at the checkout page right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there is a thing for a discount code any chance the upo listeners can get can, can take advantage of a discount code
4: yeah man um so i don't have one off the top of my head i actually have to make one and and enter it for y'all okay so um, if you contact me after this podcast is over, I'll give you guys an exclusive coupon code you can use for your uh, followers.
1: Awesome! C- can we- and
4: uh, for you guys sitting at the table, I'll give you a much better deal for whatever you want.
1: Awesome! Okay.
3: Sweet. Awesome. Thank you. I'm gonna hold off yes. on this. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I uh, well, let, let's let's try and get can we do what? whatever percentage we'll do, UPO, whatever percentage you want to do? That way we leave it in the episode so they can find it. Yes. Uh, yep. 10%? Let them yeah, choose. Me do well,
4: yeah, we'll do, yeah, we'll do 10%, and um, you know, it's either that or free shipping. But the thing about free shipping, it, it sometimes only helps if you buy several chokes. Right. Well, so I, I like to give 10% off the entire order. That way, if they buy one choke, a bunch of chokes, hat, apparel, shirts, I mean, whatever, at least they're getting 10% off the whole nut.
0: So, UPO 10. Yeah. That'll get you 10% off your order.
1: We gotta wait for him to put it up. Yeah, yeah, by the time this comes out, two weeks from now. So,
0: from
4: the time we're recording. do uh, Do it in all caps, no spaces. And I like to tell people that because if you don't type it in exactly how it's put into Shopify, it won't accept it. So, so well, I'll just put all make that all capitals. When, yep.
0: when I, when I put your, the link to your website down at the bottom, I'll make sure and put that coupon code with it. So they can in all caps, no spaces. So they can just grab it and copy it from there yeah. and stick it on your website.
1: Good deal. You guys got any closing thoughts? I appreciate the generosity on the, on the discount code very much. Yes. yes. 100%. I,
0: I so I got, a, I got a pretty cool little fact for you. I don't know if you know this, but, did, did you guys know that bismuth is very slightly radioactive? Yeah. It's cool, no. right?
3: We, yeah. we, we've we discussed this I know on that the you were here when
0: we discussed it. <laughs> I don't think Jim was here when we discussed it. And it's been a while since we talked, but bismuth is slightly radioactive.
4: Yeah. It, with, it, with it being, I mean, there's been so much research done on it. Because the levels are so low, it's on the element chart. It's a natural, non-toxic element. Right they, they oversee, they overlook the, the radioactive portion of it because it's so minute, but yeah, it is interesting. I learned that a long time ago when, um, DuPont first came out with heavy shot and I tested it. Um, back then it was horrible. Um, it fractured, it fell apart. It actually fractured before it even got to the bird and you ended up shooting a much smaller shot size than you thought you did, which led to a lot of crippled so hmm. boss and and the modern bismuth people have have made that way better so that's not an issue anymore but um but yeah it's it's inter it's an interesting material you know
1: so don't don't waste your time going to roto metals and buying bismuth shot i think there's a little bit of nickel in it or something to harden it up a little bit but you're saying you know, just if you're going to go through all that headache Here's
4: Here's my honest opinion as a ballistics expert and a reloader and a master class shooter. For the price of like Boss and some of the other ammo on the market, it's not even worth reloading some of it. Like when it comes to reloading steel shot, it can be worth it. When it comes to reloading TSS, it's definitely worth it. When it comes to reloading bismuth, it's
1: not worth it. Hmm. So uh, it just isn't. Okay. I keep thinking I've got no more questions. And I don't know if you I don't know if you want to share this on the podcast or maybe afterwards. Where can you buy just plain TSS shot is the first question. Not, not not just TSS. And then where can you find reloading data for it? Or is that one of those things that you're like start light and figure it out yourself?
4: So so basically with TSS, there's a couple places in the USA that do sell it. It's expensive. Um, I buy it directly from manufacturer, which I'm under, I'm under disclosure not to disclose it. I'm under contract. I can't tell people where I buy it from because of ammo companies. Um, but you can buy it from people in the USA, and you can get it cheap enough to where you can reload your own and pay probably half of what you're already paying can, you get, you, can, it, can you get it under three bucks a
1: shell that's what i'm asking
4: no no you Sorry. won't
1: never mind i'm staying with bismuth yep. <laughs> boss, boss is the way to and, go
4: and that's listen that's why bismuth is so cool especially boss because the ballistics of it um for the price state charge and for the ballistics you get especially through my chokes it's it's really cool i mean i Tell you a quick story, a good friend of mine, master class shooter, really good guy, big time duck hunter, big time sporting clay champion. I was on the breakwater one day and his boat goes by me and he sets up about 300 yards down from me. And uh, I didn't know it was him because it was dark, you know, and I couldn't tell it was him because he was so far away when the light came up. And I had a a gadwall fly way out past, you know, 200 yards where I was flew by me and I saw it lock up and it was going to the other guys and their decoys were out about 30, 40 yards. They were out there and I'm like, huh, that's odd. And that bird locked up and was going on the outside of their decoys by 20 yards and he was going to go land. And this guy shot and there was like a two second delay. And that bird, I heard the pellets hit the bird and that bird just folded stone dead. And I'm like, yeah, that's Mike. So I picked up my phone. I texted him. I said, Nice shot. He said, Thanks. <laughs> I, knew, I knew it was him. And that was with Bismuth uh boss Bismuth number fours.
3: Uh, and, uh I personally, he, okay. He,
4: he peppered that bird shooting, my passing choke. It it was an honest sixty five yards, and I heard the pellets hit that bird at that distance. So yes, you can do it with the proper load, the proper choke.
3: But you know you got to be able to do it too. <laughs> yeah, part of so, me, yeah. um, when we got into this, was like hoping you were bad mouth balls, so I didn't have to spend as much on shells. But <laughs> <laughs> it, it turned out to be the exact opposite. No, no, no. As a you're, guy that got geeked,
1: well, geeked out on that, you know, I sat there even though you've I already had my own hulls, but when you added up the cost of primers, powder, wads, and you know shooting decent stuff. Yep. You had to reload a, th- and that is if you bought just whatever the regular bismuth is from Roto Metals. Um, you had to load a thousand shells to break even, to where you you were just unless you're going to buy them a thousand at a time, just by Boss. You can't beat their quantities of scale, and and now we've also learned the chances are even if you did, you won't manufacture a product that meets Boss's. Quality. quality yeah so just Correct. buy so, the boss and yeah. be happy yeah
4: so the, the reason that we all mentioned boss and stuff and ballistically speaking no other reason i've tested them all i've shot them all i've killed tons of birds with all of the bismuth loads that are made out there as well as lead steel tungsten heavyweight 12 13 15 you name it and i've shot some other stuff too that people don't know about and for the price and for the quality, as of now, Boss is the best in the market. There's other bismuth loads out there that will kill ducks almost as good that are, that are good, but their payload's a little light, their velocity's too darn fast, and their price is more. So, like, why would you buy it? My opinion. And yeah. some of those companies, I really like their other ammo. I mean, I still shoot it, but. I won't bother bismuth because the boss is superior to it.
1: Do you have a referral to somebody that we might be able to reach out to in Boss and say we'd like to have you on a podcast? Talk oh yeah, about your ammo. Yeah, They've yeah. I could,
4: I could send you that information. Awesome.
1: Excellent. Well, yep. next week. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Anybody else yeah. got anything else they want to close out with?
2: That's I, I did. You know, not that it's going to make the podcast, but um, you know, we've talked about Boss a lot, but a, a, a new newer manufacturer that I feel like has been taken off lately is Apex. Have you tried any Apex's ammunition? or?
4: Yeah, so so in regards to Apex, um, I love the guys there. I love what they do, but they're not leaders. They're not pioneers in my opinion. So so basically what they do is is they reload good ammo. They do a good job, but they're giving the people what the people are asking for. And, like I discussed, what the people are asking for is not good. Yeah. And the reason the people are asking for stuff that's not good is because rewind to the ammo manufacturers, blowing smoke up our asses and lying to us, it's gone full circle. So they took the pellets out of the shell, added powder, put shitty components in, gave us inferior patterns and ruined our hunts and ruined our clay target shoots. Now for us to think that that was good, now we think it's good, and now we're asking for it. So now they're giving us shit that we don't want. (laughs) We've created our own little dilemma here. And what's happening is we're asking these ammo companies to make it, and they're saying, well, this is what people want, and we need to survive, and we need to make sales. So we're going to give them shit.
2: Yeah,
1: oh, it's same thing with lure companies, man. Lure lures and, are not designed boss, to catch fish. They're designed
0: to boss catch
4: not doing that. Well, it, yep.
0: it's, it's not to say that. You know, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're not saying that apex is bad. It's not that they're no. giving you they're giving you exactly no. what you want, but no. it's only because you don't necessarily know exactly what you need.
4: That's right. So what Apex does, they're good. They're a good company. They strive. They do hard work. They load good ammo. It's consistent. But give you an example, their S3 steel load that they love, that they swear by, which is their top steel load, it's ounce and a quarter at $1,450. No. Mm-mm. It's not as good as a Kent 3-inch ounce and 3 eighths at 1300 Never was, never will be. And Kent's cheaper. So why would I buy Apex?
2: I do love. They're not that.
4: pioneers. They're not Can't leaders. I, they're followers. So love the guys, love the company, but it's the fact, and I'm not going to promote something that's inferior.
5: Yeah.
0: Well, if go. I've gathered anything from uh, talking to you, Jimmy, it's that uh, you started making chokes uh, because you wanted to shoot the best there was.
4: Yes, and so it wasn't out there. It wasn't out there. The warranties were horrible. The customer service sucked. The quality was not good. Even the chokes out there to this day that were the same ones back then, machined beautifully, but they're not machined with the proper geometry for the guns they're in. Therefore, they're shooting a hot core with a very bad outer fringe with up to 75% shot-to-shot deviation, meaning you could be right on a target one shot and crush it, right on the target the next shot and chip it or miss it clean. And it's not okay. There's no reason for it. But because they're spitting them out of screw machines and they're selling a ton of them, what do they care? You're buying them. So they just keep doing it. Ported chokes, worst thing you could do. Worst thing you could ever do on a choke tube is port it. Why do they do it? Reduces weight. Fishing lure effect. It looks really freaking cool. So the American people buy it.
5: <laughs>
4: Porting. Style, shape, number of holds next year and sell you new and improved choke and take your money again. It's bullshit.
1: I love it, man. Brought to you it. by an aerospace engineer, no less.
0: Yeah. No. No. I mean, look, Jimmy, I really appreciate you joining us. It's been super informative. And uh, if you haven't listened to it, like find the, the namesake of the company sat here for two over two hours and explained to us, Why, not only why his chokes are better, but why chokes work, why your chokes work the way they do, and how you manufacture chokes, not just for, not to fit the pattern that the manufacturer tells you the choke you need, like the thread pattern, but you manufacture a choke down to this specific gun. Yes. You can't, and then the warrant, like you said, your warranty, you can't beat that. No. Yeah, can't beat (laughs) it. Yeah, you when I, you
4: when I, yeah, when I learned that if you took a Beretta A300 and a Beretta A400 and you made the choke with the same exact geometry and they shot entirely different, I mean, it's just it's eye opening, you know. But nobody else does that, they just make them all the same, and it's not cool.
2: So, if I learned anything, it means that I have to keep an eye out for his uh, 391 Extrema jokes to come out. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. Yeah. I've got some uh, UFO. Um, I've got some turkey, but that's all I have for it. So if you want to shoot really tight, really far, I've got that for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but I'll be making a, I'll be making the rest. I don't I don't think I'm going to make the feather-like clay target for it cuz it's not a clay target gun.
2: No, I'm I'm not, I'm, I'm more of a
4: waterfowl H2o shooter, hunter. so. Yeah. So, so the H2O waterfowl, crane, turkey, hog, deer, bear
2: buffalo whatever you want all i need you're passing your decoys what it sounds like to me
4: yep yep unless you're shooting tss past 60 yards all you need is decoy and passing
1: that's what i've got in the cart just waiting for my discount code <laughs> <laughs> might add a hat too i like that mueller hat is it is it mueller or...
4: it's it's muller
1: muller okay because I mean, you've got the umlauts it. over it it's like
4: yeah i mean people i've got the mueller. umlaut but that's my logo man you know like like when I developed this product, like fully developed it in 2009, which is when I patented the Featherlights, I needed a logo. And my number one customer back then, not customer, but my number one gun back then that I was basically, you know, shooting and loving and company was Kragoff. Yeah. And obviously Dieter Kragoff is German and I'm German, and I'm like, what would be cooler than to present my chokes to Dieter Kragoff with a U with an umlaut over it? And that's how I actually thought of it. So mm. that's how I came up with my logo. And, um, you know, of course, it looks like Mueller, um, 99, without exaggeration, 99 people out of 100 say Mueller. I don't correct anybody. You know, I've been called waywos. <laughs> so uh you know it's mueller muller whatever you want to call it but my name is muller and it's muller chokes
0: thank you well jimmy i want to give you your chance to say uh, uh to close us out if you got anything else to say
4: um so whether you're a beginner or an expert use the smallest pellet size that'll get the job done use the heaviest payload that you can get and use the lowest velocity slowest velocity you can get and that's what's going to kill your birds and kill your targets.
0: All right. Sweet. Well, Jimmy, I thank you for joining us. It's been extremely informative. And uh, I look forward to getting this one out there for everybody to listen to. Yeah, you got it. Thank, thank you very gentlemen. much. And uh, you, make sir. sure you
4: reach out to me so we'll get the coupon codes worked out and get your chokes in your hands for you.
0: I oh, will do. Thank I'll you. send you, send yes, you another sir. email.
4: You
2: got it, man. Thank, thank you, sir. Absolutely. Good thank you, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. We'll catch Keep you guys sure. next week. Adios.